Welcome, everybody. This is Michael Collazo, CEO of OpenSea Direct, here for our first of an ongoing series of webinars and conversations to help you, the live event creator. We look forward to having this space uh, to be a great resource for those who run um, an event or help run an event of any type that's either in person or virtual. And then we also might have some fun talk about stories from working events over the years. So our first guest is a pretty timely one. Uh, this is Warren Sims. His company, Sims Security Group, just completed their work for the New York City Marathon. And many have heard, unfortunately, too, the sad news of what happened at Travis Scott's Astro World Music Festival in Houston, Texas. Um, and so with his expertise, needless to say, he can speak with uh, intelligence about both types of events and beyond. Um, so without further ado, I wanted to say a happy welcome to Warren Sims, imagining partner of Sim Security Group. How are you, Warren? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you got it. it. So uh, keep it simple. So first off, uh, where are you from, man? Um, I'm originally from New York, born okay. and raised in the Bronx. Oh, very good. Uh, so that's where I spent the majority of my life at. And uh, so I enjoy it. I stay here. I work from it. I love the city. So I do what I can. No, that's great. It's like which uh, like which train stop you're near? Is that the? Uh, the I, I was a, I was uh, when I was born. I was on the in the East Bronx. I grew up by the two and the five. You're two and the five. And yeah. so now I'm up near the four and the D. So. Oh, there you go. All right, <laughs> even better. Moving on up, man. That's it. Yes, that's I try. <laughs> so with uh, with that, then how did you get into security business? The funny thing about it is, uh, I started out in the investment world. Okay. And uh, I met a gentleman. I used to come in and do the fingerprinting for our uh, traders and things of that nature. And okay, we yeah. used to sit down and have conversations. And he said, you know, you got a pretty keen eye for security. You should come over here. And lo and behold, he became my mentor. And um, we joined up in 2003. And uh, I became part of his security company. Oh, wow. Uh, and then in uh, 2010, I ventured off and started my own. Okay, great. And yeah. then the focus of those, um, how did the, the did the security work you've done always surround sort of live events or some were more sort of security detail of major figures or important figures, what have you? How did that yeah. uh, evolve? Uh, it started uh, with actually with... Um, networking at uh, different events. Uh, I was fortunate to uh, meet uh, a young lady by the name of Dale Shamansky, who was able to introduce me at that time to New York Roadrunners, oh, okay. uh, which started my relationship with them and the New York City Marathon. Yeah, uh, I also met a young lady uh, in the event world, uh, uh, Carrie Goldberg, who has another company uh, called Cagency. Uh, we met and I started doing events with her at different venues. Her goal was to get different venues to a lot of release parties, uh, product launches and things of that nature. So right. we became like a team and I started out with her and uh, uh, doing different uh, events. And that's how I got a chance to get involved with a lot of different celebrities and things of that nature. Oh, okay, good. Wow. Yeah. And then how did yeah. the, uh, did Ro so Roadrunners is the company, if I recall, that runs the New York City Marathon. Obviously. Right. So yeah. that was uh, the, New, yeah. New York, the uh, what people don't realize is the, uh, the marathon is a New York City event. And uh, New York City Roadrunners is the company that runs it. 
Right, 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 yeah. right. Indeed. So, and then, um, and then, uh, how big is your company? Is it? Is it uh, do you have sort of uh, employees that are full time, or is there more contracting guys and, and women yeah. to help you out? We do a little bit of both. We have a. Okay. I have about seventy five regular employees, and then I can reach out to the masses and go up to anywhere from three to four hundred people. Uh, through various contacts, various recruiting efforts. And then uh, we bring them on for the large scale events and things of that nature. And then we do some 1099s and things of that nature. Yeah, right, so right. it's, you know, people seem to come back every year and join us. And so we keep like a regular rotation for the large scale events. It just so happened that they are seasonal. So I'm able to keep like the same people that come to work and they can also keep other jobs uh, that they have oh, and come great. and work for me at the same time. So oh, that's great. Uh, the relationship has worked well over the years. So, and I try to keep like the same team. I've like most of my supervisors that I have at the location, they've been with me close to like 15 to 18 years. So, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. 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 Longevity is so, good. That means they're, they're, they're doing okay with you, man. Yes. <laughs> and it, it makes my job a little easier, you that's know, right. to have that consistency. So, absolutely. So, yeah. Tell me more about the marathon in this case in particular. So, you know, we had COVID-19, the pandemic affect everything all over the world. And right. obviously you didn't have it last time around. And now you're coming out of it uh, recently, just a week or so ago. So what was sort of the takeaway you think, uh, you know, out of, out of the, I guess the worst parts of the pandemic, let's say, and into the first time, you know, it was closer to normal than not, you know, this time around. What was sort of stuck out with you in this last? Well, the thing, the thing about it is, is uh, starting getting back to some sort of normalcy is the key. But you got to, people was coming back with, and some people have fear. You know, you still have yeah. the ones who have the fear. So you you have to have a plan, a plan in place with, you know, sanitizing, social distancing, Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people will continue to wear masks and things of that nature. So, you know, if people see that you're doing the steps to do to keep them safe, then they feel more comfortable and then participating in these events. So in the events leading up to the marathon, uh, my client, you know, showed that they were taking the proper precautions to keep everybody safe. So this marathon when it turned out, you know, they were only allowed to have like 30,000 runners this year, you know, right, based on the city down. restrictions. Right. So it was smaller in scale, which then we do the security for the finish line in Central Park. So in past years, we went from 59th Street all the way up to 85th Street covering the park. This year, we only went from, we went from 59th Columbus Circle to releasing people at 72nd Street and covering up as far as 77th Street. Right. So it was a smaller scale, but still it was a good day. And um, I think based on what I saw, they had a good time. It was safe. And, you know, it was it was fantastic to see everybody coming back and enjoying crossing that finish line. And yeah, so, you know, That's and great. then with my team to get to experience it from the back end behind the scenes and stuff like that. I think I I think that's more of an experience for my individuals, the people who work for me to see something like that, a product that you see on TV to be behind the scenes and get to see that. I right. think you take that's an experience you can take with you. 
through yeah. life, actually. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So take us through something, an event of that scale. I was always curious about, I guess, or any scale, but particularly something that large. What's a basic metric, for instance, of security, you know, uh, for every person or um, the amount of terrain where you're, I mean, it goes through every single borough and, and, yeah. and it winds through every kind of neighborhood. So yeah. what is sort of the super basic sort of metrics or, or game plan, let's say, that you would have for something like that? <laughs> well, you know, more so it falls on, uh, God bless the uh, NYPD, it falls on them in yeah. terms of going through the boroughs, the lockdowns and the plans they have to put in place. So right. it's like a team effort between, you know, New York Roadrunners and NYPD to right. put together such a plan. You know, I get the tail end of that when they come in through the finish line. You know, my uh, responsibility starts to take place once they cross, come into enter the park at 59th Street. Okay. They, uh, that's when we go, we kick in, and, you know, as we lead up to the runners entering the park. Got the it. night before, you know, we, we freeze the park at midnight. We create a frozen zone around the finish line. And so we start to let the public in about 9 a.m. So typically, you can say the metric for security is like one to 75 people, typically, okay. if you're doing yeah. a venue. You know, it's, you know, it used to be in past years, one to every 100. Now it's like one to like every 75. Okay. Uh, on the day of the marathon, uh, I, t I typically have about 219 guards in the park at that oh, wow. time. So, you know, we're covering the vast areas to keep the finish line frozen. So the runners can come through and they can then get to their recovery stage, uh, get you know supplements back into them and then head out the park safely and to meet up with family members who are waiting for them and things of nature. Right. And then we, you know, so, you know, like I said, that day I take my hands off to the people who, who runs that race because it's yeah. an exhausting race and, you know, for them to, and then what an accomplishment for them to do it as well. So to get to see that, I'm the one who's truly honored to see such oh, a thing. So, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, that's not a, that's not a short trip, needless to say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not at all. My now, 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 was this, yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, was this a call, like from a crowd standpoint, was this a calmer, a calmer one compared to past ones? You know, I would think you probably recall the, the person jumped out or something kooky like that. Like, was this <laughs> right. calmer, crazier than normal? Uh, what do you, it's, what was your view of it? I think, uh, on the scale of, if you want to say calm, I would put this probably about an eight because of the excitement of coming back from the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the people who came out were definitely in the mind space of celebrating their loved ones because, you know, they they were trying to get to the finish line no matter how, <laughs> however they wanted oh, to get there. Right, right, right. <laughs> so right. we had to put the perimeter to make sure they went through the checkpoints. So, you know, you, you know, I get people who are rushing to see their loved ones come through the finish line, but we all have to go through the proper precaution. So. We had to redirect some people, you know, so it, it, it was a challenge, but we got it done and we got it done safely and yeah. to the point where hopefully everybody was able to enjoy. So, but it, uh, it takes a lot of planning. So, I'll, you know, 
like I said before, with New York World Runners, the team at New York World Runners and the team, the city agencies, uh, it takes a lot of planning. So we do our walkthroughs, we do our all agency meetings, just so that the day can go off, hopefully without a hitch. And if it does, if there is a hitch, we have a plan in place to, you know, rectify it. Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, I guess changing gears to then, based on all of your experience, um, mm -hmm. I guess tips for an event creator to um, figure out first, I guess, when they don't have the budget or really the size per se to, to have security, but right. also to the point where um, I would think a lot of folks who who will check out this uh, conversation or work with OpenC mm -hmm. Direct already, their ambition is to get to the point where they definitely need security, right? Um, right. So I guess first, I guess on the small end, let's say for the event creator, they're just going to have 20, 30 people and it's it's right. pretty straightforward. Is there any tips you would give them as it relates to security where they're thinking about just checking people in and, you know, setting up whatever performance or networking they're going to do do you have any just tips for hey you know your thing your event may not be big enough for get the security guy to go but these are things you should keep in mind yeah well let me first go on a record and say as a security personnel don't ever do an event without security oh, okay well yeah, but, yeah. All right. but, no that's correct but, but let's say for, yeah 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 you're exactly but, right you're exactly right yeah but if you can't, if it's not in your budget, uh, the best thing to do is what you're dealing with is access control because yeah. you can handle anything that gets past the door, you know? So whatever you allow to come through the door, you have to be able to handle within the mm -hmm. venue or the premise. So the door is always the key point, the key access point. So if you have someone, uh, whether it's a volunteer or staff member who can be at the door and hold the door and make sure they do all the checks, uh, that's fine. Because when you're dealing with a small scale, most of them are it's, most of them are people who know one another. And right. most of them, you come to a function basically to network or do things of, you know, might be a small product launch or something of that nature. Right. They're all within the same industry. They kind of know familiar with one another. So it's just a matter of keeping it to a minimum how many people you allow in uh and just uh, also also keep what you call an egress to make sure that the, the people you don't get over flooded with people and i tell people also Meaning like there'd be a bottleneck sort of bottleneck yeah you, you gotta have your entrance and your exit and make sure that you have strong people at each of those points to make sure that you know you don't get over the maximum amount of people that's allowed to go in or things of that nature because you know the fire code is a real thing you should also make sure that you have your emergency exits and know where those exits are and make sure that you have the proper signage up for so people if something was to happen people know exactly where to go to get out and things in the upper space so it's just more about knowing the signage having that everything uh exposed so that people could see and then just keeping and maintaining the proper crowd in the space and you will be fine um you know uh fire code would i was some people fire codes are for a reason you yeah. know so you know and one of the things that you should do no matter how big or small your event is have a conversation with your local police department, community affairs, and let them know that you have an event going on. 
So just in case something does jump off, you can always give them a call and they can respond quicker because they know what's going on. No, good point. And I guess too, how about those are really good points. And I wonder, as a, as you were saying, Warren, then what would be good tips? Uh, as you know, a ton of event creators are, you know, hey, I'm a promoter, I'm a DJ, I work at this nightclub, I do something at this bar or this facility. What would be good things for them to examine their in-house security? You know, right. if they're deciding between one place or another and it's not simply what's the cheapest or what's the biggest but right what would be some ideas to to keep in mind when sort of see you know examining whether they think you know the, the security at x place is uh, good enough to go the first thing i tell my clients when they go to a different venue that we're not providing security for is right. make sure the security there is licensed insured and bonded mm, yeah. so that way you're protected on that end and uh, just also have a meeting with their head of security, explain to them what your needs are and what you're accustomed to and what you would like to see. And, uh, and then uh, you should be fine at that point. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's also just on the eye test as well. You know, you can, like, uh, I think everyone has it in them where they can go and see how a, a venue is run and you can see how people respond and react. And uh, always trust your gut, yeah. always trust your gut. You know, and I, I've come a long way doing that myself, you know, always go with mm -hmm. my gut, you know, even if something doesn't feel right, you know, I trust my gut on it. No, that's that's a very good point. That's very, I, I can imagine in our world, we, you know, talk to somebody at some point, we were like, yeah, I mean, this, this is <laughs> the space, but I just don't know what's going yeah. on behind the scenes and I'm probably not comfortable yeah. with it. Needless to say, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I mean, uh, everybody's in a, a business to make money. You know, no one's not, then they're not going to turn down a contract because saying, Oh, I don't have the proper security. They're not going to turn it down. They're going to say, Oh, of course I'm going to take it on. And yeah, I think right. my security team can handle this. You know, no, I've seen both. Right. Yeah. I've seen both sides of it. I've seen when people have too much security on site and I've seen when people didn't have enough security on site. So yeah. it's just getting that balance, you know, and it, it may take, uh, you know, a little while to figure it out, but you know, you'll get there. Yeah. And, you know, is there, is there an obvious, um, as it relates to then folks doing events and their, you know, their events are growing. Um, is there an obvious point where there's, they have no choice, but do security or they, they better do it ASAP. Do you, do you feel like there's at what point, if you're an event creator, is it is it a necessity to to look into it? Whether again, it's you're picking a venue that's in house, or you got to call some security group and get this going. I I did um let me just tell you a quick story. I yeah. did an event with a company uh, at one time, and uh, they were coming out. Or they had magazine out. They they're doing a party, so we did uh, this event at one space in the city. And I think this the city or uh, the space only allowed uh, 900 people. They said, listen, the most you can have is 900 right. people. Hands down, we can't do it, right? We're clicking. <laughs> and we like, listen, we're up to a thousand or something people in the space clicking. Yeah. And they like, yay. And we like, no, <laughs> this is not what we can't That's do. A good idea, I so. understand you are above the number you happy with the crowd but there is it's a, a dangerous situation so we have to get some of the people out wow. so 
we have to then now go in and remove some people or ask people to start leaving gradually until we can get down to a safe number because then it becomes a, a code violation. And, yeah. you know, you, then you have problems with the elevators and things of that nature and trying to get people out, you know. So it's it's yeah. it's a real thing when you when you go with a number of people that are allowed in a space. It's a real no, thing. And it's funny for anyone who's been to a nightclub in New York City ever in the history of the city, <laughs> You know, yeah. we always make the assumption the line is simply, you know, to to create buzz for that nightclub because you can see the lines driving or walking by. But you're yeah. saying there actually is a fire law uh, capacity <laughs> that could in, entail having a line. Is that what you're telling yeah. us, Warren? It is because you know now <laughs> at all the events you have the uh, fire marshal come and walk through, and they want to make sure of a couple of things that you know the occupancy and. You got to make sure you have your fire extinguishers. You have to have your signage for your fire exits. And you also have to make sure you have some fire guards on site. Yeah. You know, most, the majority of my guys are that we use for uh, events and different venues are fire guards so that they know how to react in case their situation before the fire department even have to arrive. So that's the reason for the occupancy to make sure that, you know, it's not overcrowded because we've seen things that have happened. And, you know, you, you bring up earlier the whole thing that happened with Astroworld, yeah. uh, which was unfortunate. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, planning, you can do all the planning in the world, but if you don't have a backup to that or a plan B and C, you, you, you're doomed to fail in some cases because you're dealing with the public and the public wants to see a show. They come in to see a show. They come in to be entertained. They're not mostly thinking about their safety once they get into a venue. They're thinking about having a good time. It's our job to make them understand that there are safety protocols and there's, and unfortunately this proves that they're, that's why they're in place because you have yeah. to have those safety protocols. So it's, it's, you know, I have people on my team that I consider like barricade experts. We, they put up the barricades. Uh, we have our release points. We have our egress. So we have like, if it gets crazy, we have a valve we can open and let people out. So, you know, I rely on them to do those things for me at these large events. Uh, I trust my team. Yeah. I trust their expertise and it hasn't failed me. So. You know, I've been fortunate, you know, we haven't had any incidents that were notable, but, yeah. you know, yeah. I think that's because, you know, we work with good people and people trust our opinion. So, yeah. And then obviously you transitioning to the Astro World event. So, I mean, so many people, you know, have come across the news of that Travis Scott show. Um, mm -hmm. Easy for us to say, right, but just 30,000 feet sort of view. I mean, is there anything they do you feel like there was something it was obvious they could have done to avoid it or or you know, just I guess your general insight of of, of what happened there. Because you said, yeah. I mean, any major concert, general mission, indoor, outdoor, people having a good time, they're tired, they're drinking, whatever it may be, they're yeah. young, they're excited, you know, any anything could happen regardless of the nature of the of the artist, what have you. But um, yeah, just I guess your general sense of what happened there in your opinion yeah 
I can only speak because I, I, you know, I haven't read that much up on it. Uh, yeah. Just for basically the tragedy part of it, but um, yeah. you know, uh, and looking at things of energy because I've done rave parties. I've done large rave parties with people body surfing and things of that nature. Um, right. Right. What, what we try to do is to make sure, like I said, with the area of the barricading that there was an escape route for people. Like we can then pop a barricade and they can get out and go into an open space, um, you know, and in hindsight to that, I'm quite sure they're looking back on that and may want to revamp their plan on how they bring people into the space and how they use the barricading to separate people. But it, you know, it's, this is something that you, you really don't think could happen but you have to plan for it. Cause I always like to plan for the worst case scenario. Yeah, indeed. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's unfortunate, but you have to plan for the worst case scenario. And then I have to say to myself, how do we get these people out of here? Right. If, 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 if something was, excuse my language, hell was to break loose, how will we get these people out of here and get them out safely? Right. So that's our thought going into it. And, you know, um, I'm quite sure in, uh, out there in, uh, in Texas, they had that same mindset. And it just so happened that, you know, things happen in that manner. Um, you know, so it just is, um, you know, it's, you can, we can sit back and be a Monday quarterback all we want. Right. But at the time of, uh, you know, the preparation, I'm quite sure they thought they was putting the best plan in place and it was just an unfortunate incident. So, but, you know, my whole thing is we tried to like, think of such things and we try to properly put where people can have an escape route so they don't get pressed up against the stage or they don't get pressed up against barricades, you know, so we have things right. that can like pop open and they can get out. No, and then you had mentioned capacity, right? So if you go over capacity, yeah. then that's the part where you would that cause the risk yeah. of something of someone getting crushed or trampled on because it's, it's yeah. too many people in a space, as an example. Yes, yes. I mean, you know, and beforehand you you have to go over plans you have people that come in and they tell you like i do a lot of events in grand central here in new york and the one thing we have in our meetings is we have a strategy meeting and they give us an occupancy how many people we can have in the space at one time they give us that plan this is they base it on where the stage is where the egress is and if you have anything that are stanchions or you know something that you have exhibits or something like that they give us a number of how many people we can have in space and we have to stick to it because if we don't then they're going to shut you down right so the most important thing is like i said when you have large-scale events and you can't leave out the the personnel you you know you work closely with law enforcement uh you should work closely with uh the emts the medical people because they're extremely important too for emergency so when we do an event, we make sure we touch base with all those. We, I have conversations. I, I go down and speak with the local police. Uh, I go to the community affairs. I have meetings with them. I meet with the medical team, the EMTs, to make sure we have EMTs on site. And then we stay in contact with them to make sure that, you know, one hand is working with the other. And right. So if something was to happen, you know, we can respond and respond, you know, in full force. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, and when you when you're dealing with the public, it's you know, uh, 
when you're dealing with the public, everybody wants to have fun, you know, and we want them to have a good time, but we want to have them want them to have a good time safely. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I guess with your work um, outside of, let's say, the marathon, um, what were the different like concert scenarios you would get? Because, for instance, you know, we know artists like a Travis Scott or, or Red Hot Chili Peppers or Mm-hmm. Or an artist that's going to, you know, basically foment a mosh pit, let's say. Right. right? But then you have <laughs> others that it might be just, um, you know, an older artist, so it's more older couples, or and then you have yeah. right up to, you know, prize fighting, you know, right, and, and, and that right. dynamic and all the ones in between. So I guess, what are the different, you know, does that even how much does that even come into play? The type of artist or the type of sporting event it is vis-a-vis the how you look at the security. There's some obvious artists, you know, Mosh Pitt sort of artists. But beyond that, what's what's usually the dynamics of that? I did one event with Armin Van Buren, who was a DJ who, he DJed for like 13 straight hours. This man didn't even take a bathroom break. I don't know whether he had a depends on or whatever. He didn't (laughs) even take a bathroom break or he went straight through. Um, and you have people with the glow sticks and you have people pushing and bashing into one another. And it's, it's a whole rave party. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's about also, you know, doing the protocols, keeping everybody safe and then also having a level head. You know, you want people to have fun, but you also want people to be relaxed and respectful and, you know, to take it easy. So you, you have to, I always say security is 99% communication and 1% physical. Mm-hmm. Um, if you speak to people and you give people the correct guidance, they will listen and follow 99% of the time. Right. Uh, There's that 1% sometimes that you have to give physically and remove a person or take a person down and hold them for law enforcement and things of that. Right, nature. right. So it's just a matter of having that balance. And then, you know, it's it's a constant, especially with the large party. The smaller events, the release parties, um, we can control those a lot more because a lot of them are invitations. Um, you know, I did a, a release party one time with Jay-Z, which was funny because it was a, party it was an event for a public that then turned private so you got everybody in there for a okay. public event then when jay-z and beyonce arrives it then becomes private so you have to remove all those people out of the space and then get a list at the door and then allow certain people back in oh, <laughs> so wow. that was yeah that was interesting. <laughs> so t- yeah, tell me more of that. Like, uh, what was this? Was it forty forty? What like? Uh, how no, it was. It was this space down in um, down in Soho. Is uh, it was called okay. Open House Gallery down on Marbury Street. Oh, okay. And um, uh, which which didn't make me a, a big fan. I guess I wasn't a big fan of, uh, and that's why I learned a lesson. I wasn't a big fan of uh, community affairs at that time because I got along with the group. But that event was supposed to be a small event. It was just a release. It was going to hand out some CDs. Right. And then um, what ended up happening was a tweet went out that uh, something got out of, something over the social media guy that Jay-Z was coming through. Got it. So then a bunch of people arrived. 
So then I had to put a call out to PD to come and help with the street, close down the street. Then another thing went on social media that Beyonce was coming through. Oh, wow. And then it got more and more crazy. And so it's a lesson that I learned from that event that I took with me through the rest of my career is to make sure that I prepare for everything, that I'm prepared for everything. Because, you know, that turned in from a small event to a much larger event. Right. And the one thing I can say about Jay-Z is, uh, Jay-Z is a gamer, man. Has, so, okay. you know, as he's leaving the event, I'm like, you want us to escort you? He's like, no, I'm good. I'll walk right through. I got a restaurant right around the corner. I'm going to walk right through it. No oh, problem. <laughs> he walked. That's a, that's a <laughs> so, low maintenance uh, answer. So that's not bad. That's not bad. So this was literally uh, like an album release sort of environment, and he just decided, yeah, I'm going to roll with my wife or then girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, he came through, that. and then yeah. we got the word that Beyonce was coming through, and then she pulled up, and we had we got her in, and you know, turned from a a public party to a private party. Yeah, real quick. Yeah. And then yeah, I guess it yeah. was literally they're getting in and like rope it off, rope off something for them, that kind of yeah. thing. Right? Yeah, we we got them in and then we we got uh they got a guest list, they put together a guest list okay. and then they started you know, letting people in who were, you know, coming through finding out they were there. So, you know, we had to it was a, you had to adapt. The one thing yeah. with security you you have to adapt and you know, and that's when communication comes in with your client. Once you have, and I've been fortunate, I have a, I have a great client list and we worked together well for years. And, you know, um, they've given me the latitude to do things that I see from a security standpoint um, that benefits them and helps us as well. They allow me the access to do so. You know, they, they, they trust my judgment and which I appreciate. No, that's great. That's great. Even with I, the uh, the marathon, they trust my judgment. If I make a call on something, they trust my they trust they my judgment it. on it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And I guess along the lines with uh, Jay Z and Beyonce, that's a great segue to you. Got to give me some juicy, a cool story about okay, the security and this is what happened. I mean, for someone who uh, and we had talked offline, Warren, that I worked at Prudential Center for a handful of years, worked in Miami Ball, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, any concert or any event that I had worked, someone could ask me about it, and I'll have something. It may be pretty mundane or it may be pretty outrageous, but I always have something. So you got to you got to give me something juicy, and I guess PG or PG thirteen if you can. And uh, there you go. <laughs> you know, you know, with, when you're working with uh, celebrities, you see a lot of things, you know, and yeah, and people don't understand. Like I, I was working on, we was working on one video shoot, and I I can't name the artist, but okay. she she she's a very talented artist, well known. Yeah. And she's doing a video shoot and then she has to use the restroom. Right. So her team helps her to the restroom. She has on this crazy dress. And I'm standing there having to do security because I have to escort her to the restroom. Right. And then lo and behold, she lifts up the dress whoo, to go to the bathroom. I get to see everything. <laughs> <laughs> you had your own show, apparently. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah. you, you got to expect everything. So, you know, and you, you have to keep a straight face. Oh, yeah, and I, okay. I've seen things where people come up to the events and they come up to a client and they say, oh, listen, I got my, my boobs done. And then, boom, the shirt comes up to show the well, boobs. Well, it's funny. Yeah, you be okay. So you being, <laughs> uh, you know, a veteran security professional, 
yeah, the right. stereotype of New York City, particularly someone who would not, uh, maybe doesn't live here, would only co come to New York to do the whole hangout at a nightclub, you know, go out, right? The stereotype yeah. over the years is the, you know, the bouncer at the door and the negotiations that can be outrageous or, or not. So, you you know, that's a, that that's not just, uh, you know, uh, that's not just cliche, I guess, that that occasionally right. happens something crazy where someone's so desperate to, to get in somewhere that they do something kooky yeah yeah, yeah. i mean uh, yeah, yeah i uh i do a lot of work with some of the personalities from espn oh, okay and one of the one of the guys that i I was with quite a bit was Stephen a smith yeah who who hands down is a, a great guy he is who he is when you see him on tv that is who he is in person yeah yeah so you know and fellow new york walking with him obviously. yeah walking with him he gets people constantly coming up to him that want to debate him, like in the street. Like, oh, wow. They want to constantly debate him. They question, they debate him. And, you know, he's not going to give you that for free. He does that for a living. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's right. So that's right. It's like, yeah, you have to keep people at bay, you know, that want to approach him and things of that nature. So yeah. it's, you know, people have to understand, you know, and it's, it's not disrespectful or anything of that nature. It's just that, uh, they have to. They have things they have to do. They have to attend to, and there are certain spaces for certain things. So we're just there to make sure that they get to the proper space and do what they have to do for their livelihood. And yeah. you know, so I know people come up and approach, and we have to extend the arm and say, "Say, yeah, you got to keep the distance. We can't do this right now," and things of that nature. And it's not to say, "Oh, I'm you know pushing you back." You know, we've gotten into it with people from TMZ and things of that nature. You know, oh wow, you know, yeah, they're they're the most touchy ones ever. Okay, um, <laughs> oh, I I can't even get into it about them. They're they're the yeah, most yeah. aggressive. Yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. ever seen a paparazzi the most aggressive. Look at that, yeah. But um, that's your business, you know, yeah, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah, um, they 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 go for their stories hard. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's why they. I guess that's why who they are. But they they go for their stories hard. Yeah, I know we talked offline too that I worked at Prudential Center and there was a Lil Wayne tour that was late 2000s, early 2010s. I forget what year, right. but I but it was around the time period where he was dealing with legal issues and and security uh, at the arena was hugely concerned about some sort of like gang activity that when he comes, there's going to be a gang he's either affiliated or not, you know, that's going to maybe mm -hmm. jeopardize the event of some sort. And again, this is totally secondhand, but I remember there was this big thought about, you know, if Lil Wayne has a gun, do we let him come into the arena with it? You know, that I, again, I don't remember if honestly he really did once he showed up or once, you know, the rider was set up or if he did and there was a negotiation, you know, are we going to check it or not? But I remember right. that being a big thing. And thankfully, in that sense, that event was super safe. Um, nothing, not even anything close to happened. But then, ironically, months later, another concert happened, and that was the one that they had a big time security issue, and they didn't have any level of the upfront security police and whatever that they did. It was almost like they mm -hmm. they loaded the wrong they they went heavy on the wrong event, as it were, because that right. one, if I recall, not even close to anything happened. Whereas months later, something really bad happened. You know, so. Right. You know, sometimes it can be unexpected, yeah. I guess, in that sense. Yeah. What happens is um, uh, 
some security or some venues don't treat um, the talent like they treat the general public in terms of like searching and things like that. Yeah. We're a strong advocate of searching everybody. Yeah, every client that I work with, they're strong advocates of searching everybody. So right. the general public or the guests can come through one entrance and they get searched. The talent or performers or personality come through another exit and they get properly searched. So if you're coming with a security team that's armed, then I would recommend that uh, you have a lock boxes on site, you know, where they can lock up their firearms. Yeah, gotcha. And then when they leave the venue, then they can receive those legal firearms back. Right, right, right. <laughs> if, and if it's illegal, the best advice I can give you is, you know, leave somebody in the car, leave them with their firearm, with your firearms in the car if it's illegal, whatever it is. I'm not here to tell you whether it's right to carry legal or illegal firearms. If someone comes with an illegal firearm, take that to the car, leave somebody in the car to watch over it and keep your, and so that way, because I can't, I can't assure your safety once you leave my venue, you know, because I'm responsible for right. security and safety at my venue. I'll take care of you right. at my venue. But once right. you leave my venue, then it's back on your security oh, you. team for your safety. Right. So, you know, however you want to do it after that, that's on you. Not but uh, most of the clients I work with, uh, we have a meeting with uh, their people, the PR people or their managers and things of that nature beforehand, their public relations managers. And we tell them if your security team is coming with uh, an armed detail, we have locked boxes. They have to turn their guns in, lock their boxes there. And then when they're about to leave the venue, we'll then let them take their firearms back with them as they leave the venue. So that's how we work it. There you go. Um, one final question, I guess. So um, as a, uh, we being open to direct a ticketing platform, what have you seen from a technology standpoint that you feel like has helped you from security? Um, people issuing tickets that are now, you know, increasingly, right? It's just a mobile QR code or yeah, printed home, yeah. or there might be information sort of built into a scannable, you know, QR code that provides info for you. Is there anything you've seen technology or data gathering before the event that's helped you guys out? Yeah, that to me was, um, of course, uh, a hundred times better than uh, checking a list or anything like, you know, having to do a checklist and things of that nature because it's much quicker, it's easier, it's much of a flow because with us, flow is a big thing. We, right. need, we need that flow. And uh, once you get like bottlenecked or some stoppage, it causes a backup and then we have other issues. So we need that flow. So once you have that, you know, especially with uh, the tick, you know, the electronic tickets and uh, will call and things of that nature. Those are all pluses for security. Something, anything that relieves uh, that flow or continues that flow is helpful to us in a sense. Um, so I think in that, in those regards to that technology, it's it's immensely helped us from a security standpoint. No, that's you know, great because yeah. And I'm quite sure in arenas and things of that nature is a plus for them as well. Because even me attending, when I go attend basketball games and things or football games, you know, they have just a quick scan and boom and go. It's, it's such a plus. No, indeed. So, Unless it's Jay-Z, then you got to figure something else out. But no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's very good. Well, hey, Bourne, this has been great combo, man. Um, hey, before we run, if people wanted to look into the work you do, 
um, have a scaled up event that's getting bigger and better and need your help, uh, how do they reach out to you? How do they contact you? Uh, they can reach out to me on, you can do a, my website. It's uh, simsecuritygroup.com. They can reach out to us there. Send an email to the email that's on their website. Uh, they can uh, give my office a call. I'll give that number out. It's 212-922-1414. Uh, you can speak to the ladies in the office and uh, reach out to us. Uh, you know, we, we're around. We're up and running. And, uh, you know, we'd love to do any events. Indeed. As long as that's great. <laughs> no, that's, that's that's the gig. Exactly. Well, hey, Warren exactly. Sims, Warren Security Group. Thank you. Uh, Sims Security Group. Thanks so much. This has been yeah. fun, man. Thanks so much, John. I thank you, man. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. You got it.